0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, we are talking everything short-term rental with arguably the... Ah, just amazing, amazing. I don't even know if I can say short-term rental guru, but he is a massive wealth of knowledge in the short-term rental space. He's done a ton for our seven-figure altitude members, our entire community. And I didn't realize this is the first time he's on the podcast, but he, we had an awesome interview, incredible conversation. I was trying to keep it short, but I couldn't. It was so much gold. Uh, so you're going to want to strap in. You're going to want to bring a notebook, write everything down. It's just incredible, incredible conversation. And he's doing a masterclass for our altitude members. So if you're not In our mastermind, you need to get in there before February. Go to sevenfigurealtitude.com. Uh, fill out an application and we will reach out to you and see if it's a good fit. But if you're looking at short-term rentals, this is your next step. This is the place to be. We are doing a ton of stuff. Not only are we teaching people how to find properties, how to negotiate deals, how to uh, sell your deals for more money, how to build your team, uh, how to hire yourself out, how to build a culture inside of your company, but also short-term rentals. We've been doing a lot of new construction conversations. Lots of things are going inside this mastermind group right now. And I would love to be the first one to invite you in. So go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, fill out an Application and uh, jump in before February when we start and launch this um, uh, this short term rental masterclass that uh, Spencer's doing. So today is Spencer Bailey. He's in Utah. He talks about himself a little bit about what he's doing, where he's at, and uh, kind of the growth. It's just amazing software, tools, tactics, techniques. All kinds of stuff, short-term rental. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, if if you're listening to this after February, all of that stuff is recorded. We keep it in a vault and you can jump in and grab all your short-term rental knowledge that you need to kind of start that business or scale that business. All right, here's my conversation with Spencer. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are 7 Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? I'm really excited about today's show and this whole series that I'm putting together. We're doing a three-episode series about short-term rentals and the Airbnb Uh, short-term rental space has gotten really busy, really popular lately. And I think a lot of people are asking us these questions of how do I get in? What kind of software do I use? What are some of the tips and tricks? We understand how to find properties, how to buy properties. And now we want to kind of add some of these short-term rentals to our uh, portfolio. Does it make sense? I want to answer all those questions over the next three episodes. And uh, I've got probably like uh, the short-term expert inside of our seven figure flipping mastermind group right now on with us. So uh, he's never been on the show before. I'm really excited uh, to talk to him today, he's done master classes for us. He's done presentations at the events that we put on, and he is like the short-term rental guru and a lot of experience in the space. So I really do think it's going to be an awesome show, and you're going to want to listen up and um, and take some notes. So uh, Spencer Bailey is my guest today. Spencer, I'm really excited to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us.
1: Oh, awesome! I'm excited to be here, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: For sure. So um, I know you haven't been on the show before. So if you could tell, uh, I know you very well, but if you can tell people a little bit about yourself and kind of like maybe a little bit about your story, like your story of uh, what you did before this and how you got interested in real estate, like uh, take us through some of that, because I think it helps give context when you talk about all the huge things you're doing right now, uh, remembering um, where we were just a few years ago. Perfect.
1: Yeah. So, Um, I'm located up on the Utah-Idaho border. Um, There's a beautiful lake called Bear Lake and uh, kind of a recreation community area. Um, Right now we operate all of our short-term rentals up here um, in this kind of vacation rental community area. Um, But we have kind of some background in operating the short-term rentals all over the nation. Um, Kind of what started me into it all is I had a background in the tech marketing world and I was doing tech marketing and exited a company there and, uh, kind of started doing some consulting work and, you know, I was young and I, I'd kind of gotten into this position where I'd bought a cabin and I wasn't using it. And, um, Airbnb was kind of new on the scene and I was working with their team to do some marketing consulting. And I had this idea of like, Hey, you know what, let's throw this, cabin up on your guys's site, you know, and this is kind of back in the day when they were just talking about couch surfing, you know? And so we did that and it started to kind of take off and it got really interesting. Um, I was a consultant at the time. And so I said, Hey, I don't have time to do all this. So I handed it over to a property manager and just said, here, you do that. And kind of went on my way doing marketing consulting. Um, but I kept looking back at it and I was just, you know, I, I knew what I could do marketing wise. And I knew you know, a little bit about what the data was behind people visiting my page and things like that. And I was like, I I can do better than that. And so, you know, I, I think I suffer a little bit from, I can do it myself syndrome. And so I went and started a property management company and started managing my own rental, um, keyword rental. It was just one rental at the time, you know, and, and I basically blew away the property manager that was managing it. And they were kind of one of these big national groups. And I was like, there's something to this. And so I went out and bought a few more rentals and added them in and kind of quickly, we realized that, um, you know, there was a profitable investment opportunity there. And we started having other people ask us, hey, can you manage our rentals? And can you help us with our short-term rentals? And we said, yeah. And we kind of grew into this, um, this management company that kind of really focused on the luxury vacation rental travel space. And then, uh, you know, kind of my story of getting involved with seven figure flipping, you know, we, we would have people that would have these units that go put on the market and we look at them and we like, you know, what? that'd make a really great short term rental, but, and it was that, but, you know, that kind of stopped us. And we're like, it's just not quite there. It's not luxury enough. It doesn't have this or that. And so then we're like, well, w- let's go remodel them and make them good enough, you know? And so that's what we did. We started remodeling these short term rentals. We'd take these older dilapidated lake houses And we would renovate them, bring them up to standard, put them into our portfolio and rent them out and drive returns out of them. And we kind of evolved from there to now we do pretty much exclusively ground up construction. And so we'll actually go in and acquire land. Um, We will entitle it and subdivide it. And then we will build um, units directly for short term rentals and put them into our portfolio. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell, but that's where we've gone from and to where we are now.
0: How long ago was it where you had just your first one and then how long ago before you really kind of started scaling that business?
1: Yeah, so that was six years ago when I started with that first one. So that was back in 2015 when we bought that first cabin.
0: And then when did you start kind of growing and scaling the business up?
1: Um, We started really scaling it probably the last three years. And so... what was interesting is kind of right before COVID and then right through COVID is probably when we actually saw some of our biggest growth. Um, but, uh, it's been pretty consistent growth ever since, that 2015 acquisition.
0: Cool. I remember meeting you for the first time. It was, it was, I, I I just, I distinctly remember it because there's things that happen in our lives that we remember and we can like put a date on it. Right. And so, Mm You and I, I remember talking to you before I bought the company a little bit, and then it was, like, right after I bought the company, because it was our first event after, and nobody even knew that I bought the company. We mm. didn't really, like, share it, and so it was <laughs> that event in Detroit, right, that um, yeah. the six-figure flipping, we still had six-figure flipping, and we were kind of transitioning to runway and altitude. Like, it was in my head, but we hadn't done it yet, yep. right? We we saved that that story, so it was, like, all on paper, it was a whole plan, a whole transition plan for the company. And if you if you've never run a company before, you can't just like tell everybody everything that you have going on. It's like it's it's a work in progress to try to figure out exactly how to do it and how to launch it and things like that. So it was all being prepped for flip hacking live in October. And I think that event was like in August or something. Um mm-hmm. it was right it was our last six figure flipping event that we ever had before I launched the runway program and I met you there. Uh, among, uh, along with a bunch of other like amazing people, right? right um, I yeah. think Lindsay was part of that group. Tanya, uh, mm-hmm. Waylon, like um, E class, like a bunch of people that I remember meeting them there for the first time. Um, uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, Scott was there. Um, oh my! Uh, it's really cool to remember exactly that event because it was very much me and Mike Simmons pouring into you guys and trying to figure out, you know. Uh, basically, who who's excited about a transition to something new and casting the vision, and to see you then—that was probably about three years ago—and uh, to see your growth over this uh, time since coming on board and being a part of it—it's been it's been really cool to watch. So, has Thanks, it always yeah. been um, Airbnb's for you? you? You mentioned some rentals. Was it always Airbnb, or did you ever have long-term rentals?
1: So originally, um, I did have some long-term rentals. I owned a, a couple buildings of um, townhouses. and and they were right over by Utah State, and so it was kind of managing college rentals and stuff like that and having, you know, college students come in and out of them, and, you know, there came this flip point, and honestly, I think it was probably just right before I met you, actually, at that event in Detroit, where we just said, you know what, this is not as profitable. We're going all in, and I sold all those rentals um, in Logan, Utah, and went ahead and said, we're going to go all in on this short term rental stuff, so now, yes, we are all exclusively short term rental nice, that was a great bet to make at that time, I think, so um, you
0: mentioned like starting with just one property, so I think there's a lot of people out there that are um, i don't know maybe they have some long term rentals that they're trying to transition or something like that like it, or they want to pick up their first one. Is it okay to start with like just one and or are you Um, Hey, you got to you know plan plan to get three, four, five, six. Like it's not like you saw a pretty good return with that one, and that's kind of the catalyst that that forced you. Like I don't know, pushed you in that direction, maybe.
1: Absolutely. So, I think what's interesting and valuable is your short-term rental operations and your um, portfolio get more profitable at scale. And so, is it profitable at one unit? Yeah, and I've seen some really great profitable single-unit owners and managers. With that, you know, it it sometimes becomes a little bit overkill to build processes on top of that single unit for just one. But uh, you know, I approached my business with the idea that I was going to scale. And I think a lot of investors have that idea that they're going to add additional properties to their portfolio. And so, you know, yes, you can come in in the early days and and take this one rental unit and start managing it. And what will happen is you're going to build processes that for the future are going to be much more important in management protocols and, um, uh, honestly just your, your guest client book and things like that, that will continue to pay dividends later on and get you more more value. And so I always recommend some to everyone I say, start now. Cause I have a lot of people say, well, I'm going to wait till, you know, and I'm like, just jump on, get, get that one going because it actually pushes the algorithms in your favor with all of the listing platforms. And so that's my advice always is get it on there as quickly as possible. Even if it's one unit, you know, if it's two units, go jump on those and push them forward and build processes on those ones as if you're building for 10. And then when you're at 10 and you're adding you know, one, two, three, four, five more, it becomes really easy for you because those processes were built in place at a lower um, portfolio count. Nice.
0: What is your... Um, give me your play, like, you would, if, if I'm arguing of why somebody should be a wholesaler or why somebody should be a flipper, like, what's your pitch to me of becoming a short-term rental landlord? Like, why, why should I do it? And you're 100% in there, so you've got to have some serious, like, belief that this is the way to go. <laughs> so, like, what, I don't know, give me your pitch. Maybe that's helpful to the listeners.
1: So I think there's a couple things at play. Um, one, I, I think, um, both from a value perspective. And then also from uh, just kind of a wealth management perspective. Um, The first really comes from value with short-term rentals. um, Typically the average short-term rental in the vacation market is driving about 80 to 90% higher rates than traditional rental. And then in the urban market, it's usually about 50 to 60% higher than um, traditional rental. And so one, you're getting more money for the same unit. Um, And that's, that's a pretty compelling option there. Number two is there's this amazing thing with short-term rentals that really you don't get with any other um, investment class of real estate where you can go out and appraise a short-term rental and finance it commercially. um, But you don't have to go and have it rezoned commercially. And so there's this arbitrage position that exists with short-term rentals where where you can come in and not have to go through all the commercial zoning processes. And obviously, you know, there's, Investors all over the nation, those are going to vary based off of municipality and other laws and regulations, but the vast majority of places, you don't have to rezone for a short-term rental, and so if that's the case, you can go in and take a typical residential asset, have it appraised commercially, and you can actually change the valuation of that property of that project or property. And so a lot of investors that are chasing kind of that Burr model or they're trying to, you know, generate appreciation on their unit. That's one of the top ways to do it is using that short-term rental model, generating revenue out of it and having it reappraised. Um, You know, on the third level um, you know, within the short-term rental space, one of the things that we're finding is the adoption rate is continually growing. Um, You know, I think COVID was a huge, um, catalyst for that it showed us that you can kind of work anywhere a lot of people quite frankly um, discovered that their jobs were not as limiting as they thought it was geographically and so we're starting to see kind of this we call mixed mixed season it's not quite a peak season it's not quite an off season it's where it's just in between time where people are you know traveling for longer stay periods and they're coming and staying in your units and so you know um the thing that I really like about that is it means short-term rental is flexible. You know, you can, you can flex it to be long-term, short-term, midterm, and you're given options. And, you know, anytime when you're an investor and you are entering a project, you're always looking at your game plan and, you know, say, what are my exits? What are my options? How do I make revenue? And anytime I can take flexibility, I would choose that over, you know, having a rigid plan in place that just locks me into one revenue perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: for sure. I love that. Um, what do you say about like, so you mentioned COVID with the short-term rentals and it was interesting because I remember like during COVID be like, this is the end of the short-term rental <laughs> space. Do you remember that? Like that was the big yeah. kind of headlines, the, the, um, clickbait type stuff. And yeah. I had a, uh, I had a short-term rental at that time down in Pensacola on the water. And I ended up saying, you know, at, just that it was during COVID. I was, I want to sell this thing. And, um, it, for me, it was more, and we could talk about that a little bit, maybe, Of some of my problems was it was like management was really high i would make a ton of money in the summer lose money in the winter it just like wasn't my focus it wasn't my thing right and so i just remember people like oh nobody's ever going to stay in these houses again like there's no way people are going to go to a random place and then it became well i'm not going to go to a hotel i'd much rather go to a short-term rental and in fact when i got COVID in january of 2021, we were like, who's got a short-term rental that we can stay in there with COVID that you don't mind? And I want to travel. I want to get out of my... I'm stuck in my house anyway. I have an airplane. Like I don't need to infect anybody. I'll just go straight there. And we had a car down in Pensacola. So all this stuff, it was just great. So um, what do you say to that? Like somebody's argument of uh, probably it's things that can happen that can knock it out and then also regulations. Those are the two things that I think might be keeping people on the sidelines right now and just saying, well, I'm just going to stick to what I know.
1: Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a really great topic. It's also kind of a loaded question because it varies, you know, very drastically around the nation. I'll, I'll talk to my experience personally. Um, you know, obviously we are in a, um, kind of vacation resort destination location. Um, I've previously managed and, own short-term rentals in urban markets as well. And I, I tend to look at the short-term rental market as urban or vacation rental. Um, vacation rental to me is more of like a, a destination, right? A um, little bit more rural, things like that. And, um, you know, we saw two different things happen. Um, we saw the short-term rental market in the urban market got absolutely obliterated, you know, and they actually took a massive hit during the whole COVID. Um, whereas, we saw a lot of rural destination locations improve. And, you know, for us specifically, we went up about 39% um, instantaneous growth on COVID um, during that time. And so for us, you know, it made a lot of sense for us to just kind of dive in on that and accept COVID and embrace it. And to us, that meant enhancing our cleaning policies, talking about it openly, you know, making sure everyone knew that our, our staff was OSHA certified for virus for viricides and stuff like that and going through and cleaning the properties effectively. Um, You know, we've kind of seen it come back a little bit since then. Um, I don't think any market or any model is ever fully insulated. But one of the things that we've done is we've said, can we insulate ourselves from, you know, market conditions, both from an economic perspective, um, with the economy going up and down, and also from a you know, this perspective of now health and safety as well. And so really we positioned ourselves in the luxury space. And so I know I've talked to investors all over the place from, you know, the small bungalow cottages, you know, up to what we do with kind of these large um, luxury homes. Um, But our, our philosophy has always been, you know, that we can insulate ourselves if we think through who's going to be staying in our homes. And so for us, the guest is, you know, kind of similar to your, your, Personality, Bill. You know, it's someone that is, you know, a little bit higher net worth. Someone that is able to travel. If they, if the economy takes a slight dip, their their income doesn't, their disposable income doesn't disappear. You know, they actually feel more stressed and want to travel a little bit more. Um, but the same thing with COVID. You know, we 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 reached out to people on the East Coast and we said, Hey, come escape. You know, and that was that was the marketing tagline that we used, we said, escape COVID. And for the first time, which was really interesting, we actually had to go build a landing page about how to fly to Bear Lake. Um, Bear Lake's closest airport is Salt Lake City, um, but they have this tiny little airport called the Paris airport. And it was built um, back during um, World War II for the local Air Force base here. And it was kind of like in case that Air Force Base got bombed, this was a backup runway. And so we started getting permission for people to come in, fly in and land on that airstrip. And, you know, we actually had quite a few private clients fly in from East Coast and come stay with us. And, you know, that's my advice for everyone is during any downturn or any change in circumstances with short-term rental, you have flexibility, right? And so take that flexibility and use it to your advantage. And to us, you know, taking high net worth individuals, getting them to escape, that was a message they resonated with and it helped us grow tremendously.
0: Well, I think the biggest thing to point out here is you know who your customer avatar is and you're you're designed and structured specifically to attract that person and attend to their needs. And your marketing is designed around it. Your properties are designed around it. You're building new stuff that is just going to wow them. And so it is a luxury vacation rental market. Um, If you're in the condo space down in Destin, as an example, like who is that and how many bedrooms and you target a specific property to understand who that customer is and that avatar, like it really Mm -hmm. does all come down to marketing and sales, right? Like any business. So is there a percent, so you mentioned this uh, urban environment versus this uh, vacation rental environment. And I think this is important to dive into a little bit. Uh, Do you recommend people focus on the vacation rental type space when they're, when they're building a business like this, or do you still say no problem, doing short-term rentals, downtown Nashville or Dallas or um, San Diego, like these bigger cities in more of the urban environments.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a really intriguing question, Bill. What I I would kind of turn it a little bit, honestly, and say We want to look at the markets for inefficiencies. And so I don't recommend one market over the other. I don't say, hey, go chase short-term rental in um, destination location and don't go chase short-term rental in urban. The reason for that is there is travel demand everywhere. Um, And that's something that I think a lot of people need to first understand is it's not just – you know, in the urban market and it's not just in the destination market, but they have to think through where is the travel demand and who is that travel demand, you know, essentially that uh, avatar you're talking about. And then from there, you want to go in and do a market segment analysis. So once you understand that customer and you say, who's traveling through these areas, you know, and, and what does that personality look like? Who's traveling with them? What's their, what's the body count? How many people do they need in a unit? And you go in and you start to analyze a market and you start to actually, um, you know, create this beta of saying how, you know, what is the high end um, of the market and what's the low end of the market? What is being supplied within that range? So how many one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, four bedroom houses? You know, there's a lot of uh, different softwares that you can go use like AirDNA and Translucent, Price Labs, um, just to name a few of those that you can actually, and our team will take those and go put them into Excel spreadsheets. And, you know, we've kind of automated this process for ourselves now, but essentially we will go pull all the data from the market And we will look at the comparisons of what is available supply wise on the market. And then we will go and cross reference that with, you know, search engine data um, with travel trend data. And we'll look at that and we'll say, okay, with who's coming here and what's supplied, where are the matches and the mismatches on that kind of supply demand equilibrium. And then from there, it gives us more of a target. And so rather than telling someone, you know, let's say someone is in Nashville. Actually, this conversation with someone last week, you know, they said, hey, what do we, you know, we want to do short-term rental, you know, is Nashville a good place? And I said, everywhere's a good place, but what you're looking for in Nashville, that's the question. And so, you know, we kind of sat down and we went and looked through that matrix and we started breaking it down a little bit in terms of supply and demand. And we started identifying different units that were underrepresented, but that were in high demand. And I said, now you have a, Now you have this target and you've got this target of exactly what you're looking for within that market. And you're targeting those specific unit types. And I think it used to be someone would get a unit and say, ah, like, could I turn this into a short term rental? Like, sure, maybe. Right. But I think the question more goes, what am I looking for to turn into a short term rental that's going to be most profitable for me? Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Like, absolutely.
0: And by the way, um, this works in any business.
1: Any Correct. business.
0: so <laughs> Supply and demand is the, it is the solution. You're solving problems. And usually, exactly what you said, inefficiency in the marketplace, this is the thing for any business. So if you're out there listening going, well, I don't really care about short-term rentals. Well, I, I don't care if you're flipping houses. I don't care if you're wholesaling houses. I don't care if you're a realtor. Uh, I don't care if you run a donut shop or a shoe store. Like This is it. This is it. This is the answer to all business. So, um, hopefully, you can figure out how to take these some of these lessons and apply them in your business too. Um, inside, of specifically the short-term rental space. Okay, let's say we understand supply and demand. We see that there's a need in that in that market, whether it's in our backyard or it's a vacation destination or wherever it is, a city we've never been to. Um, what are some of the things that you would say no to next? So, because maybe there's HOAs, maybe there's um, there's uh, some legislation that's coming down in some of these urban environments. I I think the vacation spot is probably the the easiest one because when 80 or 90 percent of the vacation destinations are short-term rentals, that's probably not going away. So that one is almost like, okay, it makes sense that I wouldn't be too, it's not overly risky there. Now, if I was downtown Nashville in an area that um, simple legislation change or some people that uh, start complaining in an HOA, then I can get shut down and next thing I know the property doesn't pencil for anything else other than a short-term rental, I might be in trouble. So what Correct. are some things that are like red flags for you that you're saying absolutely
1: not? Um, HOAs aren't absolutely red flags, but we're trying to get away from them as much as possible. And so, you know, that's kind of why we went to that development model because we were saying no one's building, you know, for short-term rental without an HOA. And so we said, we're going to do that. Um, you know, some of the other things that we're really watching for is, um, kind of more so just units that don't allow for a multiple usage case in the short-term rental space. So, you know, within the homes themselves, we want to ask, you know, can it be used in a traditional sense and can it be used as a short-term rental and can it have a kind of a hybrid model in between? Um, You know, I, a lot of things, what's interesting is you ask what we say no to. um, And honestly, I want to flip that a little bit and say what we say yes to. And I think this is kind of counterintuitive than most people would think, but we are actually very pro legislation and um, pro regulation on short term rentals. Um, what you'll find is when you dig into the data of short term rentals, there is a plethora of information out there. Um, you know, a lot of it we team up with the Vacation Rental Managers Association, VRMA, um, and a few other groups to take this data and we look at it and say, what is short-term rental really doing in a community and how is it affecting that community? And we take that information and we put it in front of policyholders. And so some of that information, you know, that a lot of people like to combat with fear, they say, you know, if you're a short-term rental, you're going to have more crime. If you're a short-term rental, you are have this transient people coming through. If you're transient, you know, if you're short-term rental, you're gonna have parties, yada, yada, you know, the list goes on and it's kind of fear mongering. And you know, what we do is we counteract that by coming in and saying, you know, a short-term rental in your neighborhood, in your market um, actually drives X amount in, you know, local tax revenue. It does this in terms of property valuation. You know, this is how many times our team are in there looking at it and have our eyes on the inside of the property of what's going on compared to a traditional rental that only sees it once every six months. And we start to use these data points to show them that on management of a short-term rental when done correctly, actually boosts value in communities. It doesn't take away from you know local housing because what happens is it actually creates density. And I mean, I'm experiencing this in my own market where we're building an apartment complex right now, just so we can house our employees because we're actually creating more jobs. And so where people are telling us that we're taking away homes, we're actually building more homes so that we can accommodate the people that we want to have here. Um, And you'll kind of find that to be the case almost anywhere you go, because every short term rental tends to create one to three part time jobs for people to engage in. So when we go and put that in front of HOAs and policyholders, it actually changes the discussion quite a bit from this negative, you know, downing perspective to this increased perspective of, wow, this is actually valuable. How can we work together?
0: Yeah, I like that. So I love the fact that you're actually active in the community about it. Like a lot of people want to, things to change, but they're not willing to take the time to put in any of the work, right, to make a change. The best way is to get involved. And and you're in a unique position where, like, what would you say, like in your area of Bear Lake, like how much of the short-term rental inventory and the the area there do you operate, own, those kind of things? Because, I mean, we were, we were on a coaching call and you told me a couple things of like how low population it is of actual people that live there and then what the vacation population is um, during the year. So
1: what does yeah, that look we, like? We control about 10% of our market out here. And so, you know, there's probably about two to 400 very large scale homes. Um, there's quite a few other condos and all other, uh, that kind of stuff. We, we don't really count that in our market because that's not where we compete. Um, but in terms of where we are, that's about where we're at. And when we, you know, are looking at our market and and obviously we've previously been in other markets and, you know, I can get into the reasons why we left those markets and it was more personal and health related, you know, but uh, when I look at other markets, really, we want to look at, you know, is there this population of not just individuals that are traveling through or to that destination, but are there also people that can support the infrastructure behind the operations. And so, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people start talking short-term rentals without thinking operations. And, you know, operations are a key piece of it. And, you know, obviously we, we manage for ourselves. I'm a big proponent for self-management. But one of the things that you'll find is you need to be thinking about laundry. You know, you need to be thinking about cleaning supplies, stocking, inventory, things like that. Um, you know, you need to be thinking about your tech and managing your tech and who's going to be doing that. You need to be thinking about, um, you know, both, you know, sanitization, cleanliness, both inside the property. And then, of course, you get to marketing and who's going to shoot photos, who's going to manage you know, content, who's going to push that in, in the marketing sphere. And so uh, from a back end mar- um, perspective, you know, you want to make sure in any market that you've got both the support staff and you have the travel staff, well, the, the travel clientele, I, I should say, um, to support the short term rental.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned supply and demand for property um, to determine what the market looks like, what will it bear, what kind of property you look for. And then the next step, like you said, is that operational side, which I really, I'm glad you pointed out because a lot of people might just say, um, yeah, it looks like it's a good area. I'm just going to buy something. And then I'm going to start trying to grow and scale it. And then they see those operational issues and problems. Like you said, cleaning is probably one. Um, For me, my big thing was management was way too expensive. Like they were taking a ton. And anytime they brought in a service provider. It was massively expensive, and then there was all these other fees and, and things like that that were added in. Next thing I know, my net income is not what I expected it to be based on the gross. And like, I would like to jump into next the self management piece. Like, um, you said you're a big proponent of self management. Can you just go into
1: that? Yeah. So when you're running a short term rental, um, you know, you, you obviously have the option to go ahead and hire a property manager. Um, typical property managers are going to charge you anywhere from 15% up to 40%. And it's a pretty wide scale. um, And they're all created unequally, essentially, you know, you can get anywhere from just they'll just market your property to, hey, we will do everything concierge wise for you. Um, You know, what we found is when you're an investor looking to make a return, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, how do I passively get into short term rentals? And I kind of jokingly tell them you don't, Um, you know, it's building a business on top of another business. And, you know, just like flipping and wholesaling are very distinct different operations, um, property management is its own operation as well. But that being said, um, it's it's really scalable and it's quite easy to set up, um, especially from an early perspective. So the first thing that you would need to do is you'd get what's called a PMS system um, or a property management system. The reason for a PMS system is what it does is it connects you typically to multiple channels. And so um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, hey, I invest in Airbnbs or I'm going to buy an Airbnb, you know, and I have to just kind of let them know, say, hey, if you're playing just the Airbnb game, you're only you know, intercepting about 30% of the market, give or take, depending on where you are. Um, but, uh, you know, with short-term rental, there's actually a marketplace and ecosystem out there. There's um, VRBO, there's HomeAway. Well, VRBO and HomeAway just merged. They're owned by Expedia, Expedia lists, Booking.com, Google now lists short-term rentals. Um, you know, there's a bunch of niche groups that will, that will do short-term rentals out there as well. What the goal really is, is to go and Being the property manager means that you have the capability to go put all of your your properties on the entire ecosystem. So, again, we're coming back to supply and demand. Well, if you're not reaching the full demand, you're cutting yourself loose and you're not making as much revenue as you potentially could. So you use this PMS system, to go ahead and list on the whole market. So this whole market ecosystem is now bringing all the potential buyers or, let's say, rental clients to you. Um, and then one of the most valuable, of course, is your own website. And when you start to kind of brand yourself and offer consistency and travel and stay, you'll have guests return and keep rebooking and you don't have to pay any smaller commissions or fees to those platforms. And so once you have a PMS system, you can now have this, this technology in front of you, which is going to allow for all of these um, different channels to all interact in one central location both from a revenue perspective. So you can go out and price all of them at the same time. You can have all of the messaging come to one central location. So you're not logging in and out of all these different platforms. And you can go ahead and respond to guests and keep everything all in one central location. Um, It lets you kind of keep track of, you know, cleans and calendars and all of that stuff. So you're not sitting there trying to manually update all of those things. So once you have that system, you can automate a good portion of that process, which is, you know, the guest beginning to end interaction. And so, you know, there's that guest, they reach out and they say, hey, we'd like to book. And you say, great, you know, tell us about you, yourself, what you want and what you're hoping to get. You know, we pair them with a property, we get them in there, we tell them what to expect. You know, one of the big things is being successful in in managing your short-term rentals is you have to understand every expectation that they are going to have And you do that by giving it to them and you give it to them in advance. And so you're always have these kind of predefined um, email or text sequences that will go out and you say, hey, you know, just so you know, when you come to our unit, this is what you can expect. We're going to have it stocked with X, Y, Z. We're going to have these these sheets and this on the beds. Um, You know, we're going to have it set to this temperature for you. You know, we're telling them all of this stuff in advance. So when they get there, all their expectations are met. And then when they get there, we say, hey, you know, we reach out and say, hey, dude, all where all your expectations met, what else can we do? How can we improve? You know, it's just this automated dialogue, honestly, that's going on with the guests and all of that is automated by our PMS system. And then from there, you know, the guest leaves and we reach out to him and we say, hey, regardless of whatever channel you booked on, you can book with us directly and we want you to come back. And we set up you know, this drip flow of requesting they come back to us time and time again. And, and you know, what's really interesting is we, you know, in our market, we have about a 60% return rate. So of you know six out of 10 guests that come stay with us, they're gonna come back. Um, and so that's additional revenue that we don't have to go out and spend on marketing and you know gets widely profitable for us. And for anybody that owns a short-term rental, that's why you want to own your own data, because if you're handing it to a property manager a lot of those other property managers they they are just you know they collect a check and go home at the end of the day and they don't care if that guest really had the greatest time or not they don't care if they're going to come back uh where when you are the end owner of that property you want to drive that revenue because you want you know like i said in the very beginning that arbitrage position you want the value of that property to increase you want to pay down any uh, principal and interest you have on that property. And so you're gonna put in place these automated sequences through your own management that drive these guests back time and time again at higher and higher revenue rates. And so what we see, and again, coming back to that first question, what what's the value of short-term rental? It gets more profitable over time because of that seasoning period and your capability to kind of collect and curate your customer base around that single unit or multiple units.
0: I love that. The best customer is definitely the one that you already have. Correct. So um, six out of 10 people is amazing. I mean, that's that's money you don't have to spend. Those are people that are coming back on a regular basis. Those are people that know what they're going to get. You know what you're going to get. It's, it really is incredible. The same thing goes for your business right now, regardless of what business you're in. The best customer is the one that you already have. So make sure you put time into them. Don't uh, Going out trying to find a million new customers and not taking care of the ones you already have It's just repeating the frustration over and over and over again that you're going to have in building a business so um you mentioned these pms um what is is there and you you also mentioned if you're just talking about airbnb you're only like 30 percent of the market is there software that uh, plugs into all the different places that blast it all out that you would recommend for somebody who's newer and then maybe it sounds like you're doing something that's up on much bigger scale which may be different than that software
1: yeah. So one of the interesting things that just happened in the um, short-term rental space over COVID was there was a lot of movement and acquisitions that just occurred. Um, the previous management group, uh, the PMS system that we used, was just acquired, and we actually are going through a transition to a new PMS system right now called Guesty. Um, you know, we I've gone out and vetted all of them. There's quite a, I mean, there's a whole. Um, you you could spend weeks analyzing all the different PMS systems out there. The reason that we like Guesty is, you know, they really have kind of put themselves out there as the leader in terms of automation uh, management and really putting um, guest experience first. Uh, What's really cool about Guesty is they're scalable. And so where us with a larger portfolio can use Guesty and it helps us automate all of our operations, Guesty actually has kind of a, uh, beginner version of their management system called um, Guesty for Hosts. And Guesty for Hosts is kind of, you know, for that one, two, three, four, you know, and they actually scale directly into their enterprise level um, systems. And so one of the hard things is starting with a PMS system and having to jump to another PMS system as you get bigger. And so one of the things I always recommend to someone is vet your PMS systems and say, how big can you get? How can I grow with you? You know, and and, you know, if you're looking for a good one out there, you know, I don't get anything for saying this, but Guesty has really gone above and beyond for us, and uh, we're excited to you know, keep growing with them. But I, I've sent some newer investors to them, and they've taken really great care of them, you know, even with single and double units so that 's awesome. that sounds like one that you
0: can use if you 're just getting going and if you 're growing and scaling up so it sounds Correct. like the c r m conversation right like yeah. you know, everybody is always asking that in the flipping and wholesaling business where what's c r m what's c r m and I always say that exact thing like It's really hard to unplug from these systems a lot of times and like migrate and transition over and they know that and make it really painful. So think about where you're going. Um, maybe not just right now, but also think a few years down the road, like how can you grow into it if, if, and when that does happen? Because, um, and, and just so you know, you don't need to name 100 of them. That's the best part about this podcast is you can do all the work, all the research, um, run it all, and then just give one, which is just – that's amazing. Like how, how many years does that save people, like hours and hours and hours of, of trying to figure out, picking the wrong one, spending a bunch of money? That's what I love about this community and being able to have this platform because now if I want to go buy some short-term rentals, which I do, um, I will just buy guestie and say, Spencer told me to do that, so I'm going to do it. Like stop second-guessing the master – in the in the marketplace, right? So, no pressure for you. I, that's how yeah. I feel like every day, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Like, so, I, any other before we kind of wrap up? Is there any other software you mentioned? Uh, like AirDNA, Translucent, Price Labs for kind of supply and demand. You mentioned Guesty for this PMS. Um, what is there anything else that you use that you would say? Hey, if you're going out and getting a short-term rental, I would I would look into this. This is very helpful for me, especially in self-management.
1: Yeah, um, probably one of our most valuable tools out there is our phone management system. So we use a system called Grasshopper, um, you know, and individually by themselves. It's just a nice little phone tool that you can basically have a secondary business phone line on your on your smart on your smartphone. Um, Where Grasshopper really excels for us and probably one of our really I almost kind of say our our secret weapons is they partner with a company called Ruby and Ruby with Grasshopper connected is a virtual um, receptionist system. And, you know, one of the things that you'll find is with short-term rentals, you get a lot of calls and sometimes it's, you know, quite a bit that you, you have to think through how are you going to manage those calls? How are we going to be able to um, get back to all those guests and still be, efficient with our time within the people in our company doing all these different roles. And so what we've done is we've kind of offloaded that portion over to um, Grasshopper and Ruby and they answer all of our phones for us. And, you know, if you called into our company, you wouldn't even know that it's not our receptionist at the front desk, but they basically take all these messages. They have a set queue of questions to ask and information to collect. And then they pass it along to the team member on our team that needs that information. And I've seen so many short-term rental people get over overloaded and, uh, you know, they kind of go and get a, um, burned out in the early days of managing their own units because of the guest contact and the calls. And one of the things that we found is people want to get, get, um, get in contact with, they don't demand that they talk with you instantaneously. And so there can be a slight gap there. And when you put that gap there with that receptionist service in between you and the guest, it gives you a little bit more timing to go ahead and uh, you know respond to that guest in the way that they need, but also have the information handy and readily available for them um, as they need it, and they come away happier. And so, you know, if you're not using a tool like that and you're just giving away your home, your personal phone number, you know, stop doing that and build a calling tree system with receptionist service. You know, whether you have one unit or multiple units, that will save you hours and hours and hours of time. I love that because that's a huge
0: objection to me, especially like, I don't want people calling me at night. I don't want people calling me during the day, all of those things. I mean, there are so many tools and outsourcing uh, softwares and different hacks to this. That's amazing. So, uh, well, I appreciate you giving up your secret sauce here at the end of the call. So, hey, one more question and then we'll kind of wrap up. But uh, one of our Altitude members sent me a message yesterday. Her name's Jen. She's a newer member. They've probably been in the group for about six months in Texas. And she said, I'm buying my first short-term rental um and in in a couple of weeks um i'm i'm looking for resources inside the group of kind of what what do we have what do we know those kind of things like just asking questions about it i can tell she's she's like she wants the goods right so mm-hmm. um what would you say anything that we haven't covered right now that you could tell jen for her first short term rental to um, if there, is there any advice or anything that you would say in, in buying that? So you got the property identified, they're purchasing it, um, and probably just like, hey, I just want to make sure that this is successful right out of the gate. What would you tell somebody like that that you haven't already told?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the values of our group, Bill, is, you know, the, the experience of having done it before and working with all the other investors that have. Um, you know, I'll kind of give something for those in our group and those out of our group, but those in our group, you know, we, we did a mastermind call, um, me and Becca Shea, where we went and took a, you know, a, a market, we analyzed a market, we took it all the way from analyzing a market all the way through purchasing a unit in that market. And you know, what that process looks like in detail, we recorded that and we put that in our, our mastermind video collection, you know, so you know, specifically Jen, go look at that, uh, you know, video, go watch that because that's going to help you see step-by-step everything that you need to do to make that short-term rental successful and how you need to get it to the market. Um, You know, to, to those that aren't in our mastermind, one of the things that I would, uh, what I would say is, um, you know, reach out to hosts that are out there, you know, get on VRBO, get on Airbnb and reach out to them and ask um, to book their units, go book their unit and tell them, Hey, I just want to, you know, learn from you. And I want to learn how you made this investment. You know, I've actually had quite a few people pay to rent my unit and I'm happy to tell them, you know, information about my unit. Um, once they do that, I have a lot of people also reach out and just say, Hey, tell me how you do what you do. And I ignore those people, you know, the people that, uh, come in and put their money where their mouth is and say, I want to create value for you too. I'm happy to help along the path, you know, cause I see that they are, they, they're going to give back and they they understand all the work that I put in to get to where I am. And so never underestimate that opportunity to you know create value for someone that has the knowledge that you want and then go talk to them. And the easiest way to do that is go book their units.
0: Yeah, there's two ways you can really um, move mountains in a- any business, frankly. You can work your way in or you can buy your way in. And I think about everything. It goes for like Everything that we do, like for me specifically for this mastermind group, I can get on a podcast and talk about what I do, or I can go pay for advertising and marketing. I can earn my way in or buy my way in to an audience and you can do the same thing. So, um, are you doing a, are you guys doing a, I think you're, you just did a, uh, masterclass again in person, right? We had a breakout session at the last event that was recorded. It's, It's inside of our, um, Inside of our uh, membership sites, so Jen, you can go watch that too. It'll be up here shortly from the uh, January event. And then, are, are you are you doing like teaching a class inside of our group soon? Right? What is that? We are. Mean?
1: Yep. So starting in February, we're going to be getting together um, on a weekly basis to go through um, a bunch of deep dive principles in short term rentals and record that content and help our members essentially go in and develop their um, perspective of how to analyze attract and acquire short-term rentals and then we're going to go down the path of how do you manage them make them more profitable you know and the the greatest thing is i don't have all of the knowledge out there you know but uh there's some other great people in our group that when we combine all our knowledge together you know you get us this uh knowledge base of best practices really around the nation and when we kind of put that all together in that little master class week by week you know you come away really knowing how to use this strategy um, in your holdings and real estate investing business. And so, yeah, we are working through that and it's getting launched mid February. Awesome.
0: I'm excited for that. I told, uh, Jen, the same thing. I wasn't exactly sure when we were doing it. I know you're working with Becca and the team on that. Um, and I want to just say thank you for that. Like for, for those of you that are listening, you don't understand, like, um, Spencer just joined our eight figure entrepreneur group. So my like high level group, there's 12 of us. Um, it's expensive, right? And not only that, he's giving back to the community at a very high level like this. Like, I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're interested in short-term rentals, you're like, this is the guy that I want to talk to. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that do short-term rentals. I've interviewed a few. Um, It's really amazing to see what Spencer's been capable of, his growth, and we didn't even get into building 13,000 square foot homes um, with basketball courts and giant swimming pools inside. And like, that's a whole nother level. And if you guys want that, ask for it. And maybe Spencer will take some time to jump on another podcast with me. Um, But I mean, we could talk here for like four hours and that's what he gets to do inside the group. And I'm sure like, um, maybe, and, and I remember doing it When it was me, like I remember giving back at a very high level as a paying member, right? I'm a paying member and I'm giving back to the community and you get to a point where growth and contribution mean more than a lot of what we're doing. And and when I give back, I'm also growing. So and maybe it's worth it. Uh, Let me just ask you, like, why do you do that? Like, why did you do a masterclass with Becca? Why are you uh, come to the event and and do a breakout session? And why are you now doing like a multi part series inside the community to help other people?
1: Yeah. Um, I think first off, there's this principle that when you give, you get, Um, you know, not being selfish in that regard, but I truly believe when you give um, of your time, of your resources um, that, uh, you know, it comes back to you, you know, and I think that's kind of an eternal principle out there that, you know, when you look outside of yourself, um, things are going to come back and benefit you. Um, I have had time and time again, as I've gone out and helped people, I've had You know, even new beginners, they question some of my methods or they've questioned why I do it this way or that way. They've made suggestions to me. I'm growing. I'm improving. You know, each each day within our business, we're continuing to expand our operations and kind of push the realms of possibility and, you know, really stretch this market. And. I can't do it alone and I don't ever want to represent that I do it alone. I've got an incredible team behind me and I've got mentors and friends by my side that we talk through these concepts. We talk through all of these um, policies. We talk through these operation procedures and we go implement them. And the more we can have these conversations, the better we will all be together. And so, you know, I, I believe this market is going to continue to grow significantly. Um, it has grown significantly and it's going to continue to grow significantly. And I want to poise ourselves to be the market leaders in short-term rental. And, you know, we've been able to do that in our local market. and We're trying to do that on a broader scale now. Um, but that comes from having these conversations. And, you know, quite frankly, if I give, I'm going to have those conversations coming right back at me.
0: I love it, man. I'm super, incredibly proud of you, like so, so proud of you and to watch your growth and just be like a very small part of it. And um, man, it's, it's such a wild ride in the past few years since uh, sitting with each other in Detroit at that event oh, to man. now. Yep. And uh, it's just amazing to see. And I'm I am oh, I cannot wait to see where you go. I'm incredibly thankful to have you as part of the community to come on the podcast, share your knowledge here. Uh, some of the things you probably um just wouldn't normally share openly and, and, and just the abundance and giving mentality with you and everybody. So if you guys are listening and you want to learn more and be a part of it, I would love to invite you in to the Altitude group. You can go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, drop an application. And if short term rentals is something you want uh, to look at, like Spencer's going to be your guy inside the group, along with we have other people that are doing some really amazing things um, in different ways. Like Spencer's doing some awesome stuff, really in the big luxury. And we have people that are like dropping, uh, like trailers and other things on, on lots in, in, in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, my next conversation is going to be with some of them about uh, a part of the series of, of what that looks like. So we'd love to have you inside the group, especially as we kick off a like a multi-part uh, series in, in February as a community to kind of go walk that path together. I, I know that we're going to have people coming out just... Uh, dominating and taking over the short-term rental world. And I think Spencer's pretty much got his area locked down and nobody's going to be encroaching over there. So, um, hey, how can people find more about you? What if they want to buy uh, a short-term rental there? What if they want to rent from you? What if they want to what if they want to take your advice and just pay like a bunch of money to rent a unit <laughs> for a week and, and they don't want to pay to join the mastermind group? How do they yeah. find out more about you and what you're doing
1: and how can we yeah. serve you? So I, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, my handles are at Spencer K Bailey. And then our company is Bear Lake Luxury Rentals. And so, you know, we'd be happy for you to come and stay with us or, you know, go ahead and add me and ask your questions. I'm happy to help out.
0: How can um, how can we serve you a little bit? Like, what do you need inside of your company that um, we have a pretty big audience here? We have a giant email list. What um, what how can we serve you? What do you need? Um,
1: One of the things that we're getting ready to do is we are. getting ready to scale some of our operations around the nation and go into other markets. And so, you know, we are looking at systematizing some of our management operations and partnering with investors in other markets um, that have inventory and have flips and wholesales that, you know, meet our criteria. And so, You know, if you are in a market where you're ready to start taking those next steps, you know, reach out and have a conversation with us. Because as we scale our team, you know, we want to be working with high level individuals that, you know, have that same mentality that we do and we want to combine our strengths. So that's kind of next steps for us. Awesome.
0: Well, you know, you have like hundreds of people inside the seven figure, uh, altitude community that can help you do that. So make sure you're plugging in there and tying into those folks for sure. And if you're out there and you are a big wholesaler and flipper and you're not in our mastermind, like, what are you waiting for? Like Get over there. Like stop picking up the pennies. Like you're tripping over the dollars to pick up the pennies. So come on in, uh, go to seven figure We'd love to have you. Um, I, I know that Uh, you you said it, Like when we give, we get and we have just a community of amazing givers. Like It's been incredible to see that and to be a part of it and just to continue to foster that kind of mentality. Uh, I joined a very expensive mastermind group this year and I'm just like I want to give, I want to give, I want to give, I want to figure out how to help. I was just on a a call with one of uh, my um, fellow members this morning with her community of 400 realtors um, showing them how to find deals and some of the secrets and tactics and techniques that I use in my business that hopefully helps them. And it was awesome. Like it filled me up. It got me excited, pumped up for the next couple weeks. I'll be fired up from that. And, um, I mean, I I'm more thankful to be able to do that than they were to get the information, I think. So, uh, it's massive. Spencer, thank you. Uh, I, seriously, I could talk about this for another couple hours. I have, still have like dozens of questions. So um, hopefully Bianca can answer and Paul can answer all the other questions that I have. And then uh, if, I don't know, I, I would really love to bring you back on and talk about some of the new construction stuff you're doing in the future. And uh, if you're listening and you want that, uh, make sure, share, share, share a screenshot of this podcast on your social media, tag me, tag Spencer, let us know that you want to do that again. And if there's a ton of people that want to do it, we'll, we'll bring them back on. Sound good?
1: Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Thanks, Spencer. I'll see you. See ya. Bye. Bye.